I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, the special edition of the Wise Men Say podcast. Uh, we're at the Beacon of Light, and um, we're about to interview Sir Bob Murray. So I'm with Richard and Jack, and uh, yeah, got all of our notes. I'm excited to speak to him about Ghostbusters and you know Groundhog. What? What are you looking at me like? What's Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Who's? You haven't prepped questions, have you? So all of my questions about the films. Yeah. Who's Bob Murray? You built this. All right, Bob. So I'm looking forward to... Yeah, so I'm looking forward to asking Bob Murray about this and, yeah, about all the other things that he's done. Um, so, yeah, are you excited as well? I am. I, 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 type, I had to type in his name on, on the computer just now. When we signed in, I got his name wrong and spelled Boob Murray. Luckily, it didn't print out because I changed it before I noticed, before I printed. Any mishaps from you, Jack? Uh, no, it all went well for me, actually. Um, it was long before my time, like, so I'll have to see if I know him quite well. <laughs> well, contrary to my joke of an intro, I do, obviously. I'm very familiar with Sir Bob and all of the work he did for Sunderland Football Club in the area, so I'm very much looking forward to speaking to him about the stadium, about his time as owner and chairman of Sunderland Football Club, um, and about, of course, the book... I'd do it all again, which is uh, been released recently for the benefit of the Foundation of Light. Um, so yeah, over to us now. I think is how it's going to work. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks a lot for joining us, Sir Bob. Um, My pleasure. Thanks, thanks for inviting us down here. It's this magnificent facility that never, never gets, never gets not like. Or inspiring as a walk in, usually walking in to play football. Well, I did last night. Yeah. I played football here last night. I'm looking a bit more fresh than I was, shall I say, after <laughs> I ran around for an hour last night in my emergency boots. But you know, everybody that walks in that door goes, wow. Mm-hmm. It's a wow factor. That's amazing. You still, you still get that now, like how many, four, four, four years on since it was, yep. since it was opened. Um, so here to talk about your, your book, I do it all again, which is, Hopefully here, in case we've gotten the title. <laughs> um, that's that's a labour of love for you. And when, how did it kind of come about? Um, well, people's been going on to me. Uh, I've had like a quite a full life. It's been very diverse, not just football. And uh, you know, and my humble beginnings. So people have been pressuring me to do a book. Uh, you know, they've been joking. They said, you should do a book. And then, obviously, the opportunity came to raise all the money for the charity because we'd like to raise a six-figure sum for the charity here. Uh, so that was a, a big driver as well. So um, about 2018, that long ago, five years, 
um, we started to work on a book with uh, Leslie and we got a hold of Lance Hardy. Uh, Lance uh, was a Sunderland fanatic and also a match of the day. And he, he, so one of the good things about Lance, he knew Sunderland and what it meant and we didn't have to induct a writer into Sunderland Football Club and he's very eminent and um, as you know, he, he passed away. Um, so we had, uh, we got on the book, uh, and we had loads of meetings all over the country, St. George's Park, Wembley, uh, Yorkshire, concerts, Sunderland Academy, the Beacon, every, everywhere, and, uh, spent a lot of time. Uh, but when he took ill, he, he just finished the framework of the book, and he'd got the chapters set out, but obviously his health has interfered with his work, and, um, you know, he passed on, and then obviously we couldn't do anything straight after that. So uh, the editor we put up to the right to be the writer, and uh, so it's it's been a long time in the making with COVID, of course, being the, the, an ingredient in it. But we've now got a book which has got one hundred and fifty thousand words, four hundred pages with small typeset. So um, it's twenty pound, and it's a lovely looking book. I think you'd agree with that. That no, is definitely yeah. Yeah. Something very special. So obviously we've been reviewed by the national press, and we've got rave reviews from really latest. Because a lot of football books say we won on Saturday, then we drew on Tuesday, and we got beat the following Saturday. And this is a bit more than that. Plus, I think I've been in football at the biggest change ever, particularly early on when it was at its all-time low in the nineteen eighties, where it was very, very low. You know, with hooliganism and stadiums things like that, to the formation of the Premier League and, and on past that. So a really interesting time to be involved with football. Uh, it's come of age, really. Mm. Working with Lance, obviously we, we know well, we know Lance quite well. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. Um, we did a lot of work with him when he was publicising Tales from Red and Whites, um, the three books I did with, with, with some of the club journalists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of... Having read Sunderland Stoke in 1973, that kind of, it's almost like a seminal tome on, on that era. It's an incredible read. If, if people haven't read it before, it's well worth reading. So you kind of knew that you were, with Lance, you were getting a safe pair of hands almost. What was it like working with him for the, for well, the short time? Well, it was part of the family. You know, like that was the problem. It was both emotional for us. You know, he came to stay with us at home. Um, you know, we stayed overnight in St. George's Park. When you when you when you're sharing your life with somebody, it's very intimate, you know. Uh, you know when he's asking things about relationships and things like that, because uh, it's been a difficult journey because everything in the past wasn't good. You see, yeah. uh, I'm human like anybody else, so I do have ups and downs, and I do have failures and successes. So um, the books brought a lot of that back. So it was quite emotional with Lance, and we become very close with his widow, who uh, is with us tonight. And, um, and his, uh, stepdaughter. And we, we, we've been involved with getting her life sorted as well a bit. She's moved to Harrogate to be next to her sister and we've been very much involved. Making sure that's a good move. So it's, it's been very, I mean, it's been like having a, a relation bereavement. Mm. So having, having this experience of going back through your career, mm-hmm. um, all the way back to right at the beginning, how how much of it 
how much of it had you forgotten? And like how many, how many kind of memories had you had to really coax out of there to, to, to add to the book? That's a really good question, that. I've had to remember things I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and I've dug up a lot of the things I've buried. Uh, so it's, it's been, my wife's noticed that actually more than anything, she's been very sensitive to it. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit tested in that way, but it's very fulfilling to have to do the book. One, it's a legacy for me. My children love the book. Uh, my daughter-in-law cried, and my sister-in-law cried, and uh, the, 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 you know they the, the said, "Dad, I didn't know." Uh, well, I couldn't have known everything, but they, they didn't know, uh, and obviously uh, they've they've gotten an immense amount out of it. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there's bits in there that, that like, you probably wouldn't want to remember, but you kind of talk about it in such a matter-of-fact way without spoiling too much of it. There's early days where where it's not going very well. Um, under McMenemy and and obviously late, later days, but you 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 kind of spat at in the director's box. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of put that as so matter of factly. If I was yeah, spat well, at, I'd well, yeah, you know, every you know, <laughs> if you're twenty years of a club that's as much loved as passionately as this club, you're not going to be winning every week. So you you know, at some stages, you're going to be um, uh, quite vulnerable. Mm. Uh, you know, particularly moving grounds. That was a very touched in time. Uh, but uh, and obviously at the end, when I say I'd do it all again, I wouldn't pen out Wilkinson. So yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. So you know, if, uh, the fact is that uh, you know, if I had the honour to be chairman of the club for twenty years, I'd do it again. Is that the subtitle of the book that didn't make the cut? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but not I. <laughs> That's um. I, mean, I was going to come on to that later on. Uh, obviously, there's. When you say you do it again, there's mistakes you make, and in this book you're very open about those mistakes you, yeah, yeah. you made. It's it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a difference to some books are a little bit more sugar coated and areas of the, of the club's history. And it's, you you presided over a pretty pretty tumultuous um, period from from well, it was 1986 when you became that's right when you became chairman and 2006 when you left. Yes, right. Um, and what you did leave was was a legacy that Sir Tom Cowie probably didn't leave. Well, for you, was, probably, difficult, say probably. Well, difficult, yeah. difficult <laughs> for him because you're talking old-fashioned town football. Um, you know, I, I think Leslie sticks up for me, and she say, "Look at the club I took, and look at the club I left." And then the sugar on the, the cake is this because mm-hmm. I've done this since I left, and uh, you know, so that, that's you know, I, I, I take, I get a lot back. You know, on Saturday I was looking at uh, this club who's been neglected for 12 years and unloved. I lost a generation. And I'm looking at the club on Saturday, and there's 46,000. It's free on TV. And there's so many women and children in our crowd. You know, it's, it's, it's a very vibrant, live club. And, and I, I think that's wonderful. I think, like, you mentioned that there, and that's something that, obviously, I, as a young kid, was five when the stadium was built, and... You're almost kind of getting that again now with like the, the five year olds now, not the stadium, not isn't being built again, obviously. But it's, I remember walking into the stadium for the first time in that Manchester City game and just being like, this is a not, obviously I've been to Royal Park. Mm. And it, I think like we did lose a generation, like we did. And I think the football club, for all it still has faults, is like loved again. Yeah. I think universally loved by everyone. Yeah. <clears throat> So yeah, when you've got your club back. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how, how a lot of the time it feels. I mean, sometimes we're tested. Like, yeah. <laughs> going 4-0 down to, to a club 20 miles down the road feels... Yeah, but the referee did that to you. He yeah. did. 
Yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't Tony. It's just football's a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just nice that it's not going to be six months or a year or two years of these crippling lows. You know, that the, the highs aren't that far around the corner again. Um, to look how it was under, under, under your, your tenure in, you know, the late 1990s, that was a golden generation. You speak about it a lot in your books. You compare yourself to, to being like the chairman of Manchester United at times because you, you knew and it was the only time in your career that you allowed, allowed yourself to become that like, a little bit arrogant. And you know that driving into the game, the game, you're like, we're going to win this. Well, that was, that was there when we lost the playoffs and I wanted to keep the team together. No. I wouldn't let anybody leave. And not that, not that they wanted to leave, you know, the lads were very, very good. Uh, and, um, you know, that season, it, it, I just felt like Man United, just that it was how many were going to win by. I think we lost two games out of 46. Yeah. It was an incredible season. I thought it was going to, you know, that was my second full season. I was like, it's, it's like, great. It's going to be like this. <laughs> yeah. And then the Premier League, but then the two seasons after, like, you know, we were really holding our own in the Premier League. It was like, it's going to be like this forever. This is great. Like, oh. yeah. I thought oh. one, of, one of Gareth's stories when he, he started going to the matches regularly um, at Roger Park and when it got really good it, at the stadium, his dad kind of had to pull him and say, it's not always going to be like this, you know. <laughs> and, and boy, boy, was he proved right that yeah. but, um, Going back to the start of the timeline, uh, the book itself followed the linear timeline, which, which most books do, but mm-hmm. I think it really cleverly has the club taken away in the background while you're growing up and going through your formative experience. Mm-hmm. Then then the two timelines converge in 19, 1984 when you when you first yeah. started to, in, to invest in the club and you added yeah. to the board of directors. Yeah. At that point, I think it's really clear uh, that, that you really felt that weight of, of responsibility, the, the kind of sense of duty mm-hmm. of being a, what was a custodian of the club and a yeah. representative of the club mm-hmm. was... Is doing the right thing something that's been really important to you through, through your yeah, time? Yeah, um, I, I was brought up right, uh, uh, trying to do things right, and I, I'm an accountant by profession, so that, that teaches you what's right or wrong. Uh, and obviously I came here, put something back, not take something out. So, um, yeah, it, it's been easy to do. You know, in my time I can honestly say that the club was held in the highest esteem in the game. You know, we didn't have any of this Johnson stuff or anything. You know, anybody did anything wrong, it was dealt with. And the club always came first, even John Fickman, people like that. They always put the club first, you know. When you, when you came into the club, the, the Roker Park was was on its way. You were reducing the capacity, what seemed to be every every week, making gangways wider, get, taking seats out. The Roker end was kind of a symbol of that because that reduced that would probably be nothing now because that, that would probably almost yeah. certainly have the concrete that seems to be taking all the schools down that would be yeah. that would be rife asbestos everything would be, <laughs> yeah. would be going on yeah. but th- then the training ground at the same time was, was, was well on. we had a field where the academy is now mm. and it had two goalposts and that was it and it was the surface was rubbish there's no change in no water no wind protection it was yeah. archaic that team played in what is the premiership and the lads would get Changed at Roker Park, drive down there in their own cars, get muddy, and drive back and go in the bath at Roker Park. It's crazy. You know, every day of the week. So when you came in, when, when you had that vision, how achievable did you think it would be? And how, what kind of timescale would, had you kind of set in your mind? First of all, change, like move, move stadium. Well, I, I never foresaw the, the stadium move. I didn't think I'd ever have to build a ground. Mm. I, you know, I wasn't that clever. 
but um, you know, I, I was there with a the change to the Premier League, and uh, you know, the football was so old-fashioned, badly run. You, you, people wouldn't see it as a career, career other than playing uh, and managing. Obviously, uh, it was a forgotten industry, really. You know, companies didn't want to be associated with it because of the hooliganism and everything. I mean, Roker Park had 23,000 the year that Tennis Smith took us up. We sold it out twice. Mm. Uh, and then we, I knew if it was all seated, it would be 14,000. It would cost millions to do. So it was a no-brainer. We had to move. So when move, moving plans were, were, were kind of well well established early 90s and it looked pretty likely that well, the plans were definitely drawn up for, for a move to, to, to land just next to the, to the Nissan That's factory right. in Washington. I was delighted about it at the time because I lived in Washington, so I thought, oh, that's all right. It's halving my journey. No, it's good for me. No, I didn't know you then. (laughs) Plus, you weren't even born. I wasn't born at this point. (laughs) But then then that change was made. Nissan suddenly were a friend of the club. Then they changed their mind and said, actually, this is going to be bad. They they didn't want logistically just in time. They went hostile. So they rang number 10 up straight away. And uh, I knew then it was dead. Uh, But that was going to be funded by European money, that. Well, Stadium. I remember there was there was a sign up. There definitely was a sign up on off that bit of land saying land acquired for Sunderland Stadium. Yeah, it, was a, it was a perfect site for, if you wanted an out of town one. And I remember seeing the plans. We had two of Roker Park. Roker Park in must have been must have been early nineties, and the the stadium was in a big glass box on the on the table in a in mm-hmm. like in the boardroom, and everyone was like, "Ooh." Did it look the same as the Stadium of Life? No, no, no. No, it looked like. Like a little Wembley. Yeah. yeah. It didn't have corners. It had like executive boxes on the corners, I think. Yeah. But I remember it was like quite pink. Right. That, we're digressing now. But <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely remember the, the, the Twin Towers because they called it the Wembley of the North. But that was that was in your mind. You couldn't stay at Rubber Park. Well, I had to move because yeah. I've got the football licensing authority saying by a certain date you have to be all seated mm-hmm. or you don't get a license. So they were very good to me. They believed in me and they extended and extended, extended. And, uh, you know, the, you know, they were, they were really, really good. It was Lord Justice Taylor. And uh, so we had to do it. It was law. You wouldn't get a safety to do it. Mm-hmm. With, with the land that, that you managed to, to acquire for the stadium light, which is the land we're on now, mm-hmm. you had a blank sheet of paper. And how, what kind of, did you use all of the knowledge that you had from your, your previous careers? Well, I've done a lot of building. Yeah, so I, 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 you know, I've done a lot of building in my life. Uh, so obviously, I know the team you have to assemble. You know the procedure of building, the sequence, the funding, uh, everything like that. But it was uh, it was the stock exchange that made us give us the money for the stadium, and it was the Sky Deal that gave the money for the academy. It's quite when 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 the club went through its. Last but one sale when, when Ella Short sold up to, mm. to, um, forgotten? Stuart Mad Donald. Rocks. Yeah, Stuart Donald, yeah. Um, when that, when that sale was going through, it was just really surprised that at no point since had the club ever secured any loans against, against the stadium, against the academy, that, that this, that what was being sold was, was quite a, a decent proposition. And it's, it's crazy. And you mentioned it a couple of times in the book that you, what you sold to Nile Quinn was, was 10 million pounds. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of a little bit of player debt, but nothing. There's no debt on the stage. Yeah, the the, the, um, the club turned over four million pound the year before we start the stadium. We lost a million. 
So to get a £20 million stadium is a bit ambitious. So we, we took all the money from the stock exchange, issued some new shares. We took a hit on dilution. We owned a lot less, and the club got all the money. And then when we did the Sky deal, we did the same thing to pay for the academy. So we didn't have any debt. No mortgage, no nothing. So all the money went on the plain side. It's Yeah, it's, it's just... It really surprised me that, that the club had, had not become so saddled with, with debt. No, it's and that no could debt. have been quite it's an easy road to go down. I, I don't think it's got much debt today, I could be truthful. Compared to most. It would have changed the complex of everything, wouldn't it, though, if it had? I mean, yeah. like someone investing in something that's got all of a sudden millions of pounds of debt on the buildings and the things as well becomes yeah. a totally different proposition. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Where did, where did, the, um, where did the, the charitable element, when you've got your, the, all the moving pieces in your head of need a training ground, need a football, a football stadium? Well, well, um, in, in the early, the, the late 80s, we started to call it a caring club and that went down very badly. So we, I wanted to open the club up, you see, it being a bit of a close shop. So um, when we won the third division championship, we charged a pound for a picture of the trophy on the Polaroid. So you could come in, you could have a picture of you holding the trophy for a pound. And I sold thirty nine thousand of those photographs. Wow! I wonder how many people have the yeah, the same picture yeah. from yeah. Well, no, we wouldn't because we didn't win the first. We didn't. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then we started, you know. Then then I think we were playing Cambridge, and we used to get fourteen thousand. Then all of a sudden we played Cambridge, and we got nineteen thousand, and that was because we had five thousand school kids and parents into the clock stand. So we we started to open it up. The PFA started. Uh, Football in the community, Gordon Taylor, and we were one of the first to do it. Where you had some ex-players and you had some community work going in the community, and uh, then we used to let ladies in for a pound. And some of the lads came down with balloons up the jumpers, and we let them in for a pound. So we were trying to, you know, stroke apart was a very male old crowd and wanted to do, and so we started to do this and child back and pound back and all this over the decades so in 2001 about 14 years later we started the foundation but a little clever thing I did there I wanted it outside of the club 
it's not, nothing to do with the club other than we get the crest and the chair of the club is allowed to be a trustee, but it's totally independent. Yeah. Um, which was good when El Short was around because yeah. he tried to close it. Mm. He wasn't, you, you're quite open in the book about, but he didn't really support this no. this facility that was sitting in now, the beacon of no, I, 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 I went to London to see him with Leslie Spuler, the chief exec, and uh, I asked him, did he want to be part of this? Because I think I should have offered him to be part of this. And he went wild. He absolutely went wild. What, what do you think is opposition Clubs to never put a penny in here. Mm. The old club. Mm. They've got this, which is a fantastic asset for them to do commercial deals and all this. And the, 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 the old club um, has never put a penny in. The bridges are being built now. I say oh, yeah. literally, literally, there's a bridge being built. Yeah, they are. I think they've done the footings for it. Yeah, they? a lot of, them do lot of the stuff's closed around it and you can't get near the site now. So I think, yeah, it's certainly underway. Yeah. It's going to be great when that comes in. But you, you've built bridges with the club as well. The club have kind of extended a, a bit of an olive branch now and well, it happened no, a little it's bit. It's sensible that we work together. Yeah. I mean, you've you got know. the geographical link, but you've also got an, an umbilical cord between. Well, it's crazy that yeah. it wouldn't, like, when you think, it's crazy that the club wouldn't want to be yeah, part they, of something. They've got a new commercial guy from America who's son and born, and he's, he's really quite regular. And uh, we're starting to share databases, and we're having meetings, so we know what they're doing, they know what we're doing. We're working, we're running the ladies' side for them on football. Uh, and we're doing things together all the time. Recently, so Carol's a trustee now. You've got the regional talent centre for the for the for the ladies team, which is providing the pathway for the for the young girls coming through school and they're the coming well, in. I think we've had that the, for twenty years, haven't mm, we? Well, the the literal kind of pathway to you can see for for all the world to see the yeah. the, the the fact that there's so much Sunderland talent within that England squad, but the, the beacon have, have been working hard to kind of make sure there's more of those. But they stay in Sunderland. Yeah. They stay at Sunderland. Yeah, we want to. It hasn't happened. Yeah, we're worried we might lose that regional centre to Newcastle recently, but we've managed to retain it. Taking it to the present day, as as we have, do you, do you enjoy watching Sunderland now? Yeah, I like this team. Mm. I like the youngsters. I like why they're here. Um, you know, at the end, I had some really bad experience with people like Flo and mm. Fred Gard and Nunes and many others like that. Uh, where they didn't want to be in Sunderland after the first year. So it's really nice to see these lads here and identify with this team. I think it's uh, the best set of lads we've had for a very, very, very long time. I was just about to say that um, in my lifetime, I'm, I've born 2004, so all I've seen as a Sunderland fan is uh, just doom and gloom. Like Matt said, his early days were good, but <laughs> mine's just all been doom and gloom until now. This is the first time we've had some sort of positive forward thinking strategy so like yeah. it's obviously it's got its flaws I mean you can critique it but you can definitely see the, the vision that is the moving yeah, forward the, the recruitment's very good mm-hmm. um, the ethics of the players is very good um, they work hard they're honest there's many pluses what do you think of Mowbray was he, was he some is he the sort of manager that you'd well he's a, you know he's just, he's, what you see is what he has he lives in the northeast. Yeah. He's had a, a, a very distinguished managerial career. Um, he's always worked. Yeah. Um, I, like Steve Gibson speaks very highly of him. Um, he's honest and hard working. 
very good with young players. Yeah. I think at the stage of a club development, I think he's perfect. At the stage of the club's development. Yeah, I do. I think he's great. Yeah. He gets gets the area, gets the, the, the mentality of the people, gets that people live, breathe and oh. well, live and breathe football. Very good with the press as well. Which mm. not all managers are. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, uh, it was some, someone mentioned the other day that he does about an hour with the press. Oh. And you look at the guy. He talks them to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the press looking to move it on. Because I'll tell you what we Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously, we've gone, we're under ownership of, of the last two years or so with, with Carol Louis Dreyfus and, and his, and his, um, co owners. As, as a fan, what did you make of, what have you made of the, the owners after you've vacated the hot seat? Oh. I'll not say anything more about Alice Short. No, it's, no. it's very, you cover it very well. Yeah, I think you should read the book. And yeah. Nuts after the lawyer's taken a lot out as well. <laughs> so, um, but the, the other two lads were chances. Uh, and I think they've made money out of it, I would suspect. Mm-hmm. When we talk about earlier on the, the weight of responsibility, that sense of duty that, that you feel, do you think the new, the new guys have, have got that? Oh think? yeah, definitely gets it. Carol, Carol gets it, you know. He, he understands he's in a trustee position, and he loves uh, he loves the club, he loves the people, and he's uh, you know he's, he's quite quiet lad, um, very intelligent, competent. His brother's lovely, Maurice. Uh, they're from a really good family, uh, and they've got football history in, in them. So uh, I think we've all seen this commitment to it, and he, he, he's investing all over the club. It mightn't be apparent, but he is, and he's got a vision for the future. That I'm, 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 I'll do anything for him to help him succeed because he's got a, a very, very hard job. Mm. Do you still do you watch games as a as a fan, or do you watch them as a as a former chairman? How how do you watch games? Good, what a good question. I watch them as a fan. How long did it take to do that after after two thousand six? Very quick. <laughs> <laughs> very quick. It, it, when you're chairman, you know, you, you might have a very able and committed board of directors, but the book stops with you. Everybody looks to you, you know. Uh, that, that's the way it is. It, it's, it's nothing strange. That's football. So you're, you're not sitting there going, sack, sack the manager or you no, shout no, no. the change and make a substitution. No, no, not that, 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 <laughs> that, 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 no matter what, what if short was here, the chances. I would never say anything derogatory. Yeah. I'd never say it. As a matter of fact, when Niall came in, and I had Niall for nine years, um, I didn't come to many home games that year because I didn't want to be around. Mm. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to, you know, say it. So I only answer questions if I'm asked. I don't offer advice or opinion. I only answer if I'm asked. Do you get asked? A, a little bit. Uh, by Carol, Carol would say, you know, when he, when he pointed, he was going to point Tony asked for an opinion. Uh, you know, so that was nice. Yeah. So it's, it's, are you enjoying the, the, the role that you have now within, within the beacon? Is that, is that in some ways more fulfilling than? Well, than, than you know, I've, I've had my call. I'm not one of these that, uh, I'll tell you so. You know, I'm not one of them. Uh, I've seen people put on the sun and shirt who shouldn't have been in the city. Uh, it, it, you know, in shorts, rain and that. It's been horrendous to watch some of those players pull a shirt off. Yeah. It's been horrendous. That stadium wasn't built for them. Yeah. And, and it's been heartbreaking to watch them struggle to get beat by Burton Albion. There's nothing wrong with Burton Albion. You know, there's nothing wrong with Burton Albion, but it's, it shows, a, it, it shows a benchmark for our club. Yeah. 
how far it was falling. It felt, felt surreal being in that, being in that situation when, when we got, you know, you'd look back at games where we'd fill, fill the stadium against Chelsea and beat them handsomely. Then, then we've got Cheltenham or. Yeah, but that's, that, the fall being phenomenal. It was mm-hmm. remarkable. I think the saddest thing really was that Burton game was, it was almost like the apathy, really. Yeah. I just sort of went to the pub and was like, oh, we've just been relegated to the third division. I mean, when we stayed there for four years, it was. Yeah, but there's no given right, you see. No, there isn't. No, no I mean, it's not, not Which is the great thing about football. But I didn't build this or that to be in that league. I didn't no. do that. With, with the, the amount of, of protests and of, of abuse that you got, you got a load of abuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had protests from, from all corners and mm-hmm. there was the, the yellow card protest and people would chant that. How much of an effect did that have on you? Did it not make you ever think... Why do I bother? Yeah, no, no, no. you know, I only got up on club. I haven't got a, when, when I came out of the chair, I got offered loads of chairmanships. I, honestly, I, I was inundated with chairmanships and things like that. Uh, not to buy the club, but, you know, just to front the club and things like that. You can't do it. You've got to love the club. There's mm. only one club for me. But I knew I was doing the right thing for the right. We went through unbelievable financial pressure when Peter went because he'd wasted that much money. It was horrendous. We had these wages that were phenomenal for people that didn't cross the white line mm. and were never going to cross the white line and nobody else wanted. Uh, you know, we had to deal with that. That was, that was really difficult, wasn't it, Leslie? It was hardship, massive hardship. And, uh, but I think if you're doing something and you believe you're doing it for the right reason and you're giving it your best, you know, um, you know, I didn't have anything to, worry about or things like that you know I'd, I'd rather not be unpopular as that but I could understand the frustration in that yeah you know but um, you know people are very kind to me nowadays I think this book probably sets a, sets a record straight for a lot a lot of people who you know you, you hear it quite a lot you shouldn't have built an old stand extension you, you'll have heard that so many times oh. uh, what's, what's the other one second Why place we, at Christmas second place yeah. at Christmas yeah people just say second place at Christmas mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, well, it, you know, that's been allowed to kind of go unchecked for quite a long time. Yeah, but if you if you um, read that and you look at the facts of who we signed and what we paid for them and uh, what a horrendous failure they were, mm. it's such a shame for Peter. Really, I don't think he recovered from that personally. He's uh, you no. know, you look you look at managers that come into the club, they never seem to go on to better things after here. No. Well, Kieran said to us, you know, the other the other month when the manager left for Stoke, he said, "What what what did you do, Sir Bob, when that happened?" And I said, "It never happened to me. I'd have sacked them all." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is true. <laughs> the, the, they never go on to any bigger or better things. This is always gonna. They, they're always recognised. They should recognise at the time that it's probably the biggest place they'll ever play or manager. Well, like Mick McCarthy has always made a living in the game. Obviously, he's retired now. You know, he's he's one of these guys that can manage at championship level, but old fashioned. Um, you know, it's very difficult to get a manager at Roker Park. Mm. No facilities, no money. Really difficult to do that. Here, it's far easier. I mean, it's been like revolving doors, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, a number of managers has been through that door. Oh, that was insane. Who wants to go next? I didn't, to be truthful, in my <laughs> role as chair, yeah, I never made an effort to speak to them. 
because I knew they wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't worth my time. That's a fact. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to know, obviously I know Martin and Neil because he goes back to my time and he's got a, he's a son on the farm down, down. But I mean, I didn't bother myself. Like, I, I mean, I spoke, I speak to Tony last Thursday because I want to do a function here and he, 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 he's up for it. But I spoke to him about it. Uh, hopefully he's here a while, but I, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. I wouldn't bother, honestly. I wouldn't go down there for a cup of tea. As, as, I'm go- we're going to close up soon because we're aware that you, you lose. Needs a little you, break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we're going to be doing a lot of talking in in tonight's event. Um, so we'll go back to the the name of the title of the book. I'd do it again. What's the one thing that you would have done differently? How about that was the easy one. But yeah. there's other things. <laughs> there's other things I would have done differently. Like I wouldn't have played at Malcolm Crosby if I'd had the um, the nice lad Malcolm. He's a lovely lad. But uh, you know, I knew we wouldn't manage. It's bad enough getting them if they manage, but when you know they're going yeah. to point them, when you know they're not going to manage. Mm. But I just had the world on my shoulders because you might be too young to know. But we stayed up. I think we drew a Blackburn midweek game because here I am. I'm going to Wembley and I'm going to be at the cup final and be in the third division because we had uh, the cup team and the league team. The cup team won all again. The league team lost all the games. That was surreal. That's and I, I knew that Bracewell was running the team, and it wasn't Malcolm. But the week before the cup final, you know, but that I knew next season was a write off. Yeah. Because the, the, the nice lad and that, but he's, he's not a manager. But not, not, not any other massive regrets from, from your time. Just Wilkinson, which is. A- well, he's, he's an outstanding example of getting it wrong. I did all the right reasons. He won the league with Leeds United. He's an FA technician, caretaker manager England, a disciplinarian. He wanted Cottrell to come with uh, Steve. It was 100% wrong. Mm. I had no idea that they didn't know each other. I told everybody else. I thought they were back to back at the FA. The way mm. so you said he told you he wanted to bring him. Yeah. It was like a master and apprentice kind of storyline yeah. at the time. Like the, I remember being at the same hall and I'm bringing them up and saying, I've just gone down to the same hall to talk to Howard and I was just saying... It's really good that you've known each other a long time. You still just met him for the first time. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but they both wanted the job. That was a problem from day one. Some small things I'd do. What do you think of calling clubs in the city? I think, um, I think because I was, I was like well aware of the city coming into, into fruition in 1992 when it was named the city by the, by the Queen. Um, I think everyone in the city is pretty proud of it, but at the same time, I think even prouder of the club. So I, th- I think it would have. I don't. I don't think it would have got past the fans. But and there's the, the Princess Diana Princess Diana Stadium. Yeah, I think that that might have got past the fans. It's Princess Diana Stadium. Yeah. Might have that the moment time. in time because yeah. we have home, but it would have been right for the long now. Twenty twenty three, you'd be wondering why it was called that. Yeah. Yeah. So the book is out um, tomorrow, 12th of October. Um, all proceeds go to the foundation um, and they're available from the, the Foundation Flight website. Um, you're also doing a book signing on, on Friday. Yes. So looking looking forward to kind of reacquainting yourself with the with supporters. Again, I guess you see supporters all the time. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time. So, Bob, oh, really appreciate Thank your time. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with Thank you. your show on that. Thanks very much. Good. <laughs> 
Well, there we have it. Thank you very much to Sir Bob Murray and the Foundation of Light for setting up that interview. Uh, really kind of wide-ranging chat. We only had half an hour, but um, and also his voice was getting a little bit weak and he had an evening do to do. So um, the the scope of, of ground that we could cover was quite was quite curtailed, but thanks all the same. Um, the book, which which we've all read, is really really interesting read and it's well worth having a look at it's 20 pounds as we say in the pod um all proceeds go to the foundation of light that's every single penny so so bob has covered the costs of printing and publishing and and marketing the, the book himself so every single penny of of that 20 pounds will be going to improve in uh, the lives of people uh, around around the region so it's a really worthy cause um we're going to be back later on uh, next week probably to, to to preview the the resumption of championship football but for now thanks very much for listening. Yeah.